And so let's take our Bibles today. We're going to start a brand new series with you. Sure, you've traveled a long ways as well. And I'm not talking literally. I'm talking figuratively and spiritually. Let's start a new series called Baggage Claim. It's going to go three weeks. I hope that you'll join us for all three weeks. I promise you by the end, your Christian life will be completely different. So let's talk about baggage. What do I mean by bags or baggage? I'm not meaning this. You'll see a picture. Not that. Although as you get older, you will experience more and more of that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Or this picture, American Tourister. I'm not talking about that. Let me give you a definition of what baggage is. Here's the definition. An issue regarding a person's past that can affect their current disposition. I want to read that out loud again with you. An issue regarding a person's past that can affect their current disposition. Let me just see if this describes you. It certainly describes me through the years, and maybe you can find yourself on this list. Are you ready? You won't see it on the screen. You have trust issues. You avoid conflict or confrontation. You're full of anxieties. You have extreme shyness. You have a hard time saying no to people. You're labeled a people pleaser. Maybe there's some insecurities that are in your life, fears, maybe some extreme anger, jealousy, envy, unrealistic expectations that you put on others, that others have put on you. Maybe you're high control. Maybe there's guilt that you carry with you in your life. Maybe you're a hyper rule follower, OCD. Maybe you're pessimistic or critical. That's just the beginning of a list of various pieces of baggage. And so I just want to encourage you as we go through the series that you would say, Holy Spirit, I really want to hear from you. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to do that? Put your hand up. If you're not, I don't know why you're here. Because when we come together as a church, we come to learn and to grow and to become more like Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Here's what Rachel Welcher said in an article I like, The Benefits of Baggage. She said this, Baggage can weigh us down so that we fail to see others in Christ clearly. I would have to say probably, let me just kind of add something to what Rachel had said, and that is I think that a lot of times the baggage that's in our life can actually block our view. And so we're trying to walk through life, we're trying to, we're trying to get to places with the Lord, I'm falling apart here, that really it causes not only to be weighed down like Rachel said, but it also causes our, our vision to be blocked. And so you're trying to navigate through life and your, your baggage is so far, uh, it's so much in front of you that you're not able to see clearly the people in front of you, or where you need to travel with the Lord. So I like what she had to say. I just wanted to add that. So we all have baggage. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Would you agree with me that we all have baggage? Yes. Dennis, do you have any baggage? You have lots of it. We all have baggage. This is going to be a challenging series, I can tell already. And I knew it would be. I knew it would be. Jerry Sitzer, 
Now, we're going to try to figure out where does baggage come from, where's the origin. Traumas can be, uh, you know, a source of packing bags, and so some of us have been some, through some more traumas than others, but traumas is, is definitely an origin of baggage. 1991, Jerry Sitzer lost his mom, his wife, and his daughter all at once in a car accident. That can create a lot of baggage. He says this in a book he titled, A Grace Disguised. Sorrow took up permanent residence in my soul and enlarged it. Baggage can also be a result, or the origin of baggage can be people that have sinned against you. Maybe it was abandonment, maybe it was abuse, maybe betrayal, maybe some slander. Some form of loss, maybe even some sin choices that you have made that has brought baggage into your own life. So there's some origins, and again, there's, it's not an exhaustive list. It could be a myriad of things, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time trying to pick out each and every one of them because the Holy Spirit's going to bring to your remembrance, to your mind, what it is that you are carrying that shouldn't be carrying any longer. So I've titled this first message in the series, Claiming Your Baggage. This is it. This is the first of three, Claiming Your Baggage. Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 11. I want to look at verses 25 down to verse 30. So Matthew 11. If you have a Bible app or a hard copy, please take that. I want you to see the words of Scripture with your own eyes. I don't want you to rely on verses on the screen. A lot of churches put verses on the screens now, and I think that is in some ways very unhealthy for the Christian. So we want to carry our Scriptures with us. 5% of Christians are actually reading their Bible on a regular and consistent basis. And so we want to try to reverse that. And, we, and so doing that is actually bring your Bible to church whether it's in an app form or hard copy, doesn't matter to me. So Matthew chapter 11, 25 to 30. And if you're there, I want you to stand to your feet and hold it up in the air. Hey, if I can walk all the way in with that luggage and baggage, which was exhausting, uh, you can stand to your feet. And so, Lord, we pray for an illumination of your word because your word is so precious to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have written it, that you have given it to us through many centuries, you have preserved it. We recognize that in ourselves we can't understand this text. We can't really grab a hold of what you want to say to us, especially when it comes to the things that we're going to talk about. So take Matthew chapter 11, take this, this scripture and bring it home to us as a congregation. May it not just settle in our brains as knowledge, may it go down deep into our heart and into our behavior, and may it lead to greater sanctification, more like Jesus. More like Jesus. I receive your word. Can we say that out loud? I receive your word. Just say it out loud. No, no, no fear. I receive your word. I receive your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking this word that we're about ready to receive in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Now, when it comes to claiming your baggage, there are four steps in the text that I want to show you. And so you are already seeing these probably on your handout because we give those to you. But I want you to see them over and over and over again. And that's the first one is being open. You got to be open to see what is difficult to say. You got to be open to see what is difficult to say. Verses 25 and verse 26. Listen, here's the thing. No one goes around announcing their baggage, right? You know, I don't walk up to Andy Cutting and say, you know, Andy, I am a jerk. I'm so glad to meet you. You know, or I have, I'm completely narcissistic and hedonistic. I'm so glad to meet you. We just don't do that. We don't go up to someone and announce our baggage 
In fact, most of the time, we don't even see what our baggage is. We don't know what we're carrying. And so I don't know if you've ever seen this. I think there's a picture that you're going to see on here. Notice this. I don't know if this is you or not. When you go on a vacation, does this look like your vehicle? Have you ever seen that person? Maybe they're at the hotel, and, and they have so much baggage that they have to get those little, well, they're pretty big carts, and you put the baggage on it to get it around the hotel. Or when you get to the airport, uh, there's so much baggage that you have to get that guy that's at the curbside, and he has one of those push carts. You ever seen that person? That person, when you go up to him, you say, do you really need all of this baggage and luggage to travel? And what are they typically going to say to you? Yeah. And they don't, even, they don't even see that they, you know, they need like four curling irons. They need three suits. They need a set of clothes for every three hours. And so they have all of this baggage. But when you go to them and say, why do you have so much baggage? They're not, they're not seeing it. They're not able to recognize it. When you go to the airport, of course, you're going to the baggage claim. You'll be familiar with this area if you've ever traveled much. And so you get off the airport or airplane, you, you look for the signage, it says baggage claim, and then you go down to the carousel, and, and what are you doing there? You're waiting. You're waiting to do what? To pick up your baggage. You're waiting to claim your baggage, and so when you're there at the carousel, you're looking for your baggage. And, and so a lot of times, people and Christians don't want to see their baggage they don't want to claim their baggage because they're walking in some form of shame and guilt. They're embarrassed, they're humiliated by some of the things that they're struggling with, and so to actually see the baggage and to say anything about the baggage is much too difficult for them. Would you agree with that? Have you ever found yourself in that, that place where it's hard to look at yourself and go, you know what, I do have that. I am struggling with that. It's kind of like if I was traveling, and uh, the only bag that my wife was able to give me to travel on a trip to a conference would be this. Now, if I were to go to the baggage claim, and this is what was coming out on the carousel, I promise you, I would be thinking thoughts like, oh, I'm just a little bit embarrassing. Why is this the only piece of baggage that my wife could provide for me on this trip? And so I would approach the carousel. I'd be feeling really awkward, very, um, you know, just kind of out of place. A lot of you have baggage, and the reason why you don't want to see it is because you're embarrassed about it, and you're walking in some form of shame, and you feel awkward. And so your baggage will keep going around the carousel, and you're never going to claim it because you don't want to walk up in front of all those people and go, wow, yeah, this is mine. This is mine. It's too difficult. we got to see it, and then we got to say it, I want you to see the text. Look at verse 25. Jesus is talking. Verse 25 in Matthew 11. He said, at this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, when he calls them wise and understanding, are they really wise and understanding? Yes or no? No, not at all. He's talking about spiritual and biblical and supernatural wisdom and understanding. So when he's saying this, he's saying this about them because they don't see the legalism that they're locked up in. They don't see their baggage. They're not able to look at themselves and go, wait a minute, uh, yeah, I do have a lot of baggage in my 
religious system, in my private life, in my personal walk with Jehovah. And so when Jesus says they're wise and understanding, he's not meaning that they're truly wise and understanding. He's using some form of sarcasm too. It's a confrontation here. It's, it's, this Jesus, it's Jesus coming up to somebody and going, I want you to see something here. I want you to open your eyes, and I want you to admit that, that you're in a condition that needs changing. And the Pharisees, as you know, just weren't able to do that. And so he says the wise and understanding. But he says this, keep going on in the text, and he revealed them to little children. This is wonderful. Now, this is the context of salvation, that Jesus is the Savior, that salvation is found in none other. And so he's confronting these religious people that have much religious baggage, and they're unable to see it or admit it. They're certainly not wanting to claim it. Then he mentions children, little children. It's a, it's a great metaphor for a person that is receiving something. A child will receive things. Uh, they'll, they'll be open, and, and there's, they're, not really, they're not really covered or clouded with a lot of the stuff that we battle with. And so they're much more uh, receptive and open. You know, they ask a lot of questions, and they're like, Daddy or Mommy, why is this? Why is that? And so Jesus is making this comparison in the spiritual realm to a child. Of course, he said in other texts that if you want to become a Christian, you've got to become like a little child. And so here's this comparison. Now, the context is salvation and deliverance and healing. And so he moves through the text in verse 26, and he says, God's gracious will. This is wonderful because if, if you are, are truly wanting to get to the place where you're able to see your, your baggage, God is a gracious father and he's going to make sure that he reveals everything that you need to know to be free from your baggage. He's a gracious God. He's a good God and he's a faithful God to you. I love this about this text. Jesus is saying that this is the Father's will that God is going to do this for you if you see it and if you say that you have it. But tragically, as you know the story, many of those Pharisees and Sadducees actually were contributors to his crucifixion. So this is like Jesus coming up to you, Brett, Paul. This is like Jesus coming up to you and saying, I want you guys to see something about your life. I want you to see this piece of baggage that you've been carrying all these years. And then Brett goes, man, I, <laughs> no, I don't see that. Paul says, I just, I just don't see that. I don't know what you're talking about. Lisa and I are watching American Idol. Yeah, I admit it. So you're familiar with American Idol. Throw that, that the logo. It's a very familiar logo. And so we're watching American Idol. And so um, a lot of times uh, a singer would get on there and, you know, they sing and they sing and they sing and you're listening to them and you're going like, yeah, they don't, they can't sing, right? And so uh, back in the older days of American Idol, you had Simon Cowell who was on there and he would rip into people. But he was very honest and he would say to them, you just can't sing, you might want to try something else. And of course, the reaction of the contestant was what? A lot of them, they just don't get it. And they're, they're mortified. That's, that's Christians where God is bringing to you a truth about yourself and you're just like, I don't get it. It can't be. Let me, if I came up to you and I said something like this to you, I said, your personality is abrasive as this steel wool. 
that when you have interactions with people, it's like scratching their face on their cheeks, their forehead, on their chin. This is your personality. Do you know I've met people with this kind of an abrasive personality? And some people would say, it's just my personality. I was born that way. That's not true. You're carrying a piece of baggage. You're carrying something inside of you that you got packed years before, and now you're trying to find your way through life. But when, when you're confronted with that, you're like, I, I just don't see that. I don't get what you're talking about. Jesus is doing that in and through the text. Let me just ask you this question, because I'm talking about something out of personal experience. If I went up to you and I said, your shyness, your shyness and your introversion is a form of pride and self-absorption, how would you react to that? Would you still love me? Did you know that shyness and introversion at its core is a form of pride and narcissism? But if you were to approach somebody with that piece of baggage, like many people tried to approach me through the years as I was growing up, I was voted most shy in my high school, 300 senior hires, and I was that winner of that yearbook entry. And so I understand baggage. I understand. So if you're going to say to me, yeah, it's my personality. I was born shy. No, you weren't. No, you were, you were packed some bags along the way. And I could tell you some of the baggage that I had that resulted in me being shy and introverted. Strangely so. And so if you would have met me back in college like my wife did my freshman year, she thought I was a freak. Like, what is wrong with this guy? She had a conversation that she tried to initiate towards me, and I had no social skills to be able to respond to her because I was so introverted and so shy and so afraid of people. Is that because I was born that way? No. It's because I had baggage. And so if you're that person, make it through the three weeks. Don't run away. Because God wants to help you unpack something. you got to see it, and then you got to say it. And the Pharisees couldn't do that. They couldn't admit. Number two, and by the way, this is so common. This is so common. It's hard to see our stuff. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Maybe I can, I can help you to relate. And so I have a picture of myself here. I'm not going to show it to you. You won't see it on the screen. This is dating October 1993. Have you ever gotten a picture of yourself and you look at it and it's been a long time? Now, when I looked at this and when you look at a picture of yourself that maybe dates a few years back or maybe even recently, all of a sudden, first of all, you're looking for who first in the picture? <laughs> yeah, you're looking for yourself. Come on, let's, go. let's be honest here. That's what we do. And so we look for ourselves and when you see yourself, you're like, fat isn't that the truth come on stay with me and so you're looking at the picture and then you get this reality check all of a sudden you start to see something sometimes we have to look and when we look we're so afraid of what we're going to see because of the results of what we're looking at that we're so terrified so instead of really looking at the baggage that you're carrying you just want to just avoid it keep it away from you
you, you gotta you, you gotta be open. You gotta you gotta be open to see it and to say. It. Here's number two: accepting what needs claiming as something only that God can do. So you're you're being open now. You're accepting what needs claiming as something that only God can do. God is the only one who can take the baggage that we have and do anything with it that is of a healing nature. So look at verse 27 in the text. 27, what does the word of God say? All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Father. Son chooses to reveal him. Stop there. But this is, this is beautiful theology here. It's a doctrine of salvation. Jesus is saying that the Father is sovereign in salvation, and the Father is revealing to the Son, and the Son is revealing. And this is how he does things. You know, so remember, the context here is the Pharisees and those listening, knowing that Jesus is the Savior, that they need him. If you're like a child, you come before God with humility, and you're open, and you want to see your sin, you want to see that it can be dealt with by God, then you have to get to the place of accepting that it is only God that can save you. But it is only God that can do anything about your baggage. That's the point. And so now we're accepting the truth. Of course, the Pharisees didn't accept the truth. They're not open to it. They don't want to make decisions to deal with their legalism and their spiritual pride that they were really throwing onto the people, which was causing heavy burdens and, and all sorts of baggage. Well, it's the same with us. It's no different. We have to get to the place of being able to say to God, God, I can't do this. I cannot change myself. I don't know what to do. I need you to lead me. I need you to help me. And here's what you're going to do with your baggage. You're going to take your baggage, and you're going to say, God, I give this to you because I can't change myself. God, I give this addiction to you. I I give this porn addiction. I give this alcohol addiction. God, I'm giving this extreme shyness. I walk in people guilt. I walk in people pleasing. God, I'm giving this to you because I can't change that in me. And this is what you do. You're accepting that you can't and you're giving it back to the Lord. Don't try to change yourself with your own human effort. Don't try to change yourself with your own human wisdom and with your own power and with your own strength. God is Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals. Don't try to claim it without the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do it, because here's what you're doing, and a lot of people are doing in our culture, Christian culture as well. They're trying to turn to other things to try to deal with their baggage. And so some of you are stressed out, and you got a lot of things going on, and you're turning to food. And some of you are turning to drugs, and some of you are drinking excessively. And some of you are losing it on other people with extreme anger and frustration, and and, and you're trying to deal with things apart from the Spirit of God. You know that you're never really going to change? You're never going to change. Now listen, you can go to a a counselor, maybe even a Christian counselor, and they can help facilitate, but you're going to have to get to the place where you accept the fact that you have this and that only God can do something about it. Accepting it into your life is the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you another picture here. You're going to be familiar with a TV show called Hoarders. Have you ever seen the TV show Hoarders? 
Does anybody ever feel stressed out when you see that show? It's just kind of like, it just kind of causes things to be a little bit worse in your life. It's a very interesting show psychologically to try to diagnose what the people are struggling with. So if you walked into somebody's house and it looked like that, what would you think about them? Well, this is just the way that they live. This is the way that they choose to live. What would you think about them? Do they have some baggage? They do. It's a very sad situation when there's somebody a true hoarder. And so on the TV program, I haven't watched it in a long time, but what would happen is that there would be a psychologist that would come on. There would be a, people group, you know, a group that would clean it up, and they would sort through things, and then you see them coming unglued. You start to see them coming apart at the seams because a lot of times they have so much stuff because of a lot of baggage, loneliness, extreme loneliness, and so this stuff makes them feel like there's, they're not alone. I mean, it's deep. And so then the psychologist is there to help them walk through that process. And so a lot of times what you see is pushback. And so when the psychologist is saying, you need to look at this and here's what you need to do, they need to see it and then they need to accept the help of the psychologist. But a lot of times they don't do that, do they? And at the end of the show, they give like a little blurb on what they're doing now. And a lot of, you know, sometimes it's really positive, other times it's not. This really is no different than our spiritual baggage and the things that we're battling with. I want so desperately as your pastor to come up next to you and say, listen, I want you to see something. And, and I want you to accept some help because God is going to heal you. God is going to deliver you and you're going to travel through life a lot lighter than what you are. And if I were to do that and come up next to you and near you, would you receive that? Do you know what I found through the years of ministry? Massive pushback. People get mad at me. They get angry. They leave. They, 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 like the hoarder, they start to freak out, you know, and they get all nervous. They can't see really what their problem is, and, and they can't accept the help that's being offered to them. Then they walk away to carry their bags the rest of their life. It's heart-wrenching. It's hard Here's number three, verse 28. We're coming to Jesus for the rest that you need. Now we're accepting the help that only God can do this. Now we're actually coming to the Savior. And Jesus says this in verse 28. What's he say? Come to me. Now remember, this is in the context of salvation and deliverance from our sins. But listen real close. Baggage is always connected to sin. You'll find it. If you dig into the bag, if you open it up, then you're going to see that it's sin-connected. So the whole disease model and the, and the whole therapy thing, you've got to hold real loosely because where real healing comes and real deliverance comes is confession. God, I'm sorry that I'm so shy. I'm sorry that I think about myself so much and I'm not thinking about the other person. I've elevated myself so high, this is what I had to do, I've elevated myself so high at the expense of the person that is near me. I want you to forgive me for the pride that's in my heart. I take responsibility for that, and I'm asking you to heal me. Do you know what happens when that prayer is offered up? You're going to change. That's real change. That's how God's designed it. 
And so if you're locked into therapy for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, you're not getting deliverance. You got to go back to what the scripture says, a biblical approach. You got to confess your faults one to another. You got, you got to get to that place where you're like, okay, I'm seeing my baggage. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to turn it to the Lord. He's going to heal me. And then I'm going to come to him because I find my rest. Look at the text. He's calling all of these people who labor. Now, this, this is, in the, again, the context of legalism. Listen, if you've ever been in a legalistic church, you feel the labor involved in all of that. You feel the weight of that crushing down upon you. That's the context here. And so these people were under this, and so they're laboring, and Jesus comes on the scene, and he's saying, this is done all wrong here. You're putting a heavy laden on people. You're putting a burden that they're trying to carry, and they're laboring in that. Notice the verses. He uses these words, heavy laden, heavy laden. These people were exhausted. Have you ever felt exhausted Why are you so tired? Listen, we're so tired because we're carrying so much baggage. We're carrying things in our life that we don't need to be carrying. We shouldn't be carrying. It's kind of like... I'm going to regret this. I know I am. I'm going to regret it. And so you're going through life, and you're like... Jesus says, come to me. You're too tired. You're too tired. He's going to give you rest. You're carrying your baggage through life. And it's wearing you out. Sometimes we get used to our baggage. We take it with us wherever we go. We take it with us in the shower. We take it to work, to the beach. We take it to the mall. We're so tired because we're carrying it. We're not laying it aside. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who is just that kind of person that never changes? You ever met that guy? How about the lady, the woman who's not really changing? They're just the same person year in and year out. And they're not changing. What is that? Please don't say it's your personality. Because it's not. You have baggage. I want you to see a picture of a lady here on the screen. If you could bring that up. Believe it or not, that lady is 32 years old. Did you know that? No, you don't believe me? Have you ever met somebody that looks older than they really are? What do you think about that? 
what, what do I think when I see somebody that looks like this, but they're really a lot younger? Hard life. Do you ever think that? Seriously? There are a lot of people who are maybe 40, 50 years old, and they look like they're 70 or 80. What is that? Baggage. They're just tired. Finally, caught my breath. Number four. Finally, taking from Jesus all that he gives to travel freely. Verses 29 and 30. Notice he uses the word take. This is a fantastic offer that Jesus is giving to those who are listening. Now, he's going to mention a yoke. You'll see a yoke on the screen. A yoke is used to, uh, in farming and, of course, in an agricultural society like it was in Jesus' day. And in some places, like around Lancaster County, you might see some of the Amish using a yoke. And so, obviously, these animals will be yoked together, and Jesus is using this picture to illustrate that we are to take the yoke of Christ. In other words, be connected to him. In other words, if you and I would go to Jesus, take this yoke and put it on us, and Jesus is there yoked to us, then we're going to find that our life is a lot easier. Isn't that what he says in the text? Can we see it together? All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son reveals, chooses to reveal to him, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Isn't that wonderful? So when we get born again, this is the experience. We're being yoked, but it's almost like we're separating ourselves from the yoke of Jesus. This is why we're, we're in the troubles that we are as believers. Because somehow we have unyoked ourselves to Christ. and We're not learning from him. And so he says, take my yoke because it's easy and it's light. I love this because, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I've weighed myself down a lot with luggage and baggage through the years. And I really feel like my life is getting a lot lighter as I get older. I still have some baggage there, and I'm seeing more of it various times in my life. But I really want to accept the fact that I can't change myself. And I, I think I'm there. I really do think I'm in a good place like that. So I'm accepting it that only God can change me. And then I want to keep coming to Jesus. I'm going to keep coming to him. And then I'm going to take the yoke that he gives me, and I'm going to travel through life with Christ. I'm going to keep learning from him about my baggage. So we're going to go to the table of the Lord, and Ralph Marx is going to come up, and he's going to lead this process with us. It's communion time. This is a great time for us to look at ourselves and go, you know what, what is the baggage in my life? What is it that is causing my life to be where it's at? It's so hard for me to say these things. It's so hard because I know some of you have blinders on your eyes. And you've already pushed back. You already have. That's hard for a pastor. This is the hard part of leadership. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do something great through the communion time as Ralph leads us. Holy Spirit, we're turning to you so that you would give us eyes to see what is the baggage. Is it insecurity? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it control? Is it people-pleasing? Is it man-guilt? What is it? 
We accept that we can't change ourselves, and we want to come to you, Lord Jesus, and we want to take your yoke upon us. As Ralph leads us through this, claim your bags. Claim it. Okay, Ralph.